Hi, everyone. As you may have realized from the title of the episode, we're going to be talking about trauma in the chakras. This can be a very sensitive topic, and I wanted you to know right up front so you can make the best decision for you about listening to these episodes. They will not be graphic or specific, but if you think it'll cause you harm to listen, please don't. Your emotional and mental health is really important. Take care of it. Hello, my name is Sarah and I am your chakra coach. On this podcast, we'll be exploring how the chakra system can guide you to grow your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual wellness, leading you closer to your highest self. Well, hi there, everybody. What's going on in your world? If you've been listening to the show this year and you used the chakra manifestation process in episodes 54 to 61, you may be starting to see some of the seeds you planted starting to grow. It's spring here in the Northern Hemisphere, so hopefully your internal world is matching our external world with new growth, new ideas, and new possibility. I have been working on a few new things to bring you all, including an interview with an amazing Ayurvedic doctor who's going to share with us how Ayurveda, which is the sister science to yoga, approaches chakra healing from a physical standpoint. I've been studying this off and on for years, and it's incredibly interesting. It's about food and your body and how what you eat and how you eat and how you prepare your food for your own personal makeup can have a tremendous impact on not just your physical body, but your emotional and mental health. I am obviously not an expert, so I am excited to have him on the show. And something for you to look forward to. We are now right in the middle of our Chakra Trauma series. We've been through the lower chakras, the root, the sacral, and the solar plexus, and I know for some of you it's been kind of a rough ride. The stories you've shared are, at the same time, both sad and inspiring. I'm so honored that the series has been useful to so many of you so far, and I hope it continues to be. As always, as you're doing this internal energy work, be sure you take time to be grateful to yourself for spending even a minute on your self-healing. Looking at the past isn't easy, but if it's helping you, then it's worth doing. They say the past is only a thought away, but with the tools we're discussing here, you can be sure that your thoughts about the past are serving you now, and that the thoughts and emotions you take into the future are the ones you want to have, the ones you choose, rather than the ones that run on a loop in your subconscious. Also, remember that your emotional and mental health come first. If listening to these episodes is causing you pain that feels unmanageable, turn it off. Seek professional help and care for yourself. You are always also welcome to reach out to me if you just want a sounding board. And then one final note before we get started, 
Remember that you can have signs and symptoms of the chakras being excessive or deficient in energy without having trauma and without abuse in childhood. For a lot of people, that's where the, a, lot of, uh, a lot of the original wounds occur. So that's where we'll focus. But energy shifts can happen over our whole lives as well. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. So it's on to the heart chakra. Naturally, we'll start with a quick overview of the energy center so that we're all thinking about the same thing, generally speaking. The fourth chakra is located in the center of your chest, the heart. It physically governs the organ of your heart, but also your lungs and arms. Energetically, it holds your universal basic right to love and be loved. When this chakra is balanced, you are able to give love freely and also receive love. That's a big one. You love others and yourself. You feel peaceful and balanced and your inner state matches your outer state. You accept all parts of yourself. One interesting thing to note about trauma to the heart chakra is that if there is trauma in any of the other chakras, especially the lower ones, there can also be trauma or injury here. So if, as we're talking today, these particular traumas don't really ring true for you, but you intuitively feel you have heart chakra work to do, remember that it could be trauma elsewhere that's reflecting in your heart chakra. Part of this is because abuse of of any kind, which can cause physical, emotional, mental, spiritual trauma everywhere, is a withholding of love, the central right of this chakra. Abuse, no matter how it comes, is never done out of love, or certainly not without a damaged perception of what love is. This can happen at any time, of course, but it's particularly damaging when heart chakra trauma happens as children, because then we don't understand what love can be, how it can be uplifting and supportive rather than painful and destructive. I'm sure I don't need to convince anyone that hurting children physically or emotionally or any other way is bad. Generally, as a society, we all agree on this. Children who are hurt in this way, though, lose sight of what love truly is and can get it tangled up with anger and jealousy or the idea that love has to hurt. And that's simply because children love. We are born knowing how to love and wanting to receive love. But if we're taught that love is something that as adults we can see is abusive, learning what love is and how it feels becomes a lifelong struggle. Children can assume that whatever it is they're being given or whatever it is that they're experiencing is love because that's how we come into the world. 
And while this can tragically be very overt abuse, it can also be less dramatic. If you were raised in a distant family where love might be felt but never expressed, there can be heart chakra trauma. Or where love was withheld and meted out for being good or for accomplishments. The idea that simply existing makes you worthy of pure love is hard to accept. If you listened last week, that might sound familiar from the concepts of solar plexus chakra trauma, and there's a lot of crossover. Like I said, this chakra expresses a lot of trauma, even when it might have originated elsewhere. If any of these were your experience of love in childhood, you might have a lower energy heart chakra now. That can show itself in a few ways. One of the most obvious and most common is feeling distant, like you have trouble connecting with others. That can come across as being cold or arrogant, but so much of the time it's just fear we're experiencing. Fear of doing more damage to a heart that's already been hurt. Being vulnerable with others might not come easy to you, and you're perceived as only being half in a relationship. Or maybe you avoid close relationships completely, but you feel lonely and isolated. Now, I say this is obvious because there are all kinds of cultural references in movies and TV that explore this idea, but what isn't obvious sometimes is what to do about it. Because I I worry that these stories teach us that what we need is to look outside of ourselves, to always be waiting for someone to swoop in and prove their love and prove that you're worth love. Like we're wounded birds and someone heals our wings and takes care of us until we can fly again. And what I want to offer you here, what I want to suggest is that the person who is most able to bandage your wings and care for you is you. Because when the heart chakra is injured and we've lost sight of our right to be loved and love, no one on the outside can create the lasting change we need. The healing is dependent on someone else. And It's not that we wouldn't want support in that journey, but what if we could believe that everything we need to heal is present in us already? We just have to tap into it. What if the work was healing our beliefs around our ability to love? Or what if we choose to love and be vulnerable, knowing that we might be hurt, but also knowing that we are strong, capable people who have the energetic foundation of the first three chakras to support our hearts should they take a hit. I'm not saying that's easy or comfortable, but I mean, when have I ever offered easy or comfortable solutions? (laughs) Other times when people have abuse in childhood, particularly sexual abuse, their heart chakra trauma shows itself in what we could call an overactive way. We talked about this in the sacral chakra trauma episode a little as well. A heart chakra that is overactive, perhaps to compensate for another energy center, 
might cause us to experience poor boundary setting. We want to fully mesh with someone. We want them to be all things to us all the time. We're dependent on them for our worth. And then when our partners or friends want to create boundaries, normal, healthy boundaries, it feels like a rejection of our love. It feels like they don't want to be part of the relationship. We find ourselves being jealous and demanding, even when we don't want to be, because the energy from our hearts is overflowing, but in a desperate way. And part of this is because we can doubt our value. Much like when the energy center is low, it's just a different expression. But highly related, because one of our basic needs as human beings is to love and be loved, to connect, to relate. And when abuse in childhood takes that away from us, the trauma to our hearts can be severe. And here, the answer is similar as far as healing our energy goes. I mean, I'll say it a million times. Get professional counseling or therapy to help you process abuse. But once you've gotten started doing that, you can work on your beliefs around love and being loved. And start taking the steps that will get you closer to believing what you want to believe about it. Some of the same kinds of trauma to the heart chakra can happen to children of divorced parents. That is not to say that it always does. Certainly there are plenty of cases where that situation works out better for everyone, but it it can. Particularly in previous generations, not much thought went into the mental and emotional health of children whose parents were apart. I've, I've worked with so many people who, as children didn't understand what was happening in their families and were just left to create their own narratives. And children, of course, don't have a lot of perspective. So lots of times those narratives included self-blame or the feeling that one parent rejected them. And rejection is a heart chakra trauma. It's scary and makes us feel unsafe and can lead us to the false belief that we're not worthy of love, or at least not worthy enough. This is an example of root chakra trauma that also shows itself in the heart, or maybe vice versa. And even when a child is old enough to have a better understanding of divorce, it can create a misunderstanding of what love and connection can look like. This isn't necessarily anyone's fault, nor would I ever advocate that adults continue to damage themselves by staying in an unhealthy marriage. But if you are a child of a relationship that was traumatic, the heart chakra can take time and attention to heal. And thoughts around relationships that may need to be re-evaluated as an adult. Years ago, years ago, I knew a man who said he could never be in a relationship with someone whose parents had not divorced because no one else could possibly understand what he had gone through as a child. And that might be true, but it was also true that he had the capacity to reflect, to examine his beliefs about love, 
and find real self-acceptance of all the parts of him and his past, which is the very definition of a balanced heart chakra. And I am happy to say that he did do all of that and is in a wonderful place now. Not because he was never damaged or even because he found someone whose trauma matched his, but because we can all learn to heal and grow, even when it feels like we can't. Another thing we see in heart chakra injury is also highly related to the sacral chakra, and that's people who are overly sacrificing or people-pleasing. It's similar to what we talked about earlier, but this shows itself in all relationships, including work or school or any organization that we're a part of. Giving of yourself is good. It really is. But not when you give so much that there's nothing left inside. Or you do things that aren't really in your best interest in an effort to earn love or respect or to simply get a sense that people like you. Aside from neglecting self-care, another result of this is that we can start to feel bitter about how much we give and resent that while we feel like we're always there for others, no one is there for us when we need it. And then we start to pull back from giving. We get cold and distant, which from the outside looks like a massive mood swing, even though from our side it seems perfectly reasonable. In this case, Like all the others, finding that balance between giving and receiving is key. Likewise, a damaged heart might have trouble asking for help, for fear of the rejection if that help is denied, or or the belief that if we just give enough over and over again, someone will know that we need help and they'll provide it. And when that tactic inevitably fails hurts our hearts even more. Give and receive in equal measure. Sometimes you'll give more, sometimes you'll get more, but we want to find that balance that feels right and comfortable, that doesn't hurt us and doesn't cause us to hurt others. So, after all of that, what can we do to start or continue a healing process? along with therapy when you need it, of course. I always love journaling for the heart because it can uncover a lot of beliefs about love and value and worthiness that can lurk in the back of our minds, just sitting there in the shadows informing everything we do. Writing things down lets a little light come in and you might learn things about yourself, beliefs you didn't even know you had. That's a a great and relatively easy place to start. Breathwork or pranayama is also fabulous because the heart chakra governs the respiratory system. So deep breathing, focusing on the breath, maybe adding some arm movements that can really open up that area. And remember, all the parts of us are one, energy and physicality. So when we physically open up the heart and chest, We're creating space for more energy to flow through that area as well. One last thing that I love to do with my clients is a loving-kindness meditation. It's a simple exercise where you send specific thoughts, well wishes, to yourself and others. Statements like, may I be well, 
or may you be safe, may you be happy. You can find these in multiple meditation apps. I like Insight Timer or just by doing a quick search for loving kindness meditation. It can be a tough exercise. It will challenge you to be loving sometimes when you don't want to, but the healing to the heart chakra in a loving kindness meditation cannot be overstated. So there's heart chakra trauma for you. I know that's a lot and I know this is a heavy topic. We're going to continue to take care of ourselves as we go through this process because while it isn't easy, it's worth it to start to heal and find balance. Remember that you can always reach out if you have questions or concerns. I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Your Chakra Coach, so you can just DM me there. As always, I want to thank you all for listening, for being part of this community that we're building, for spending some of your valuable time with me each week. If you want more, you are welcome to join the Patreon page for some bonus content and if this show is providing value in your life. That link and my social media links are in the show notes. Remember that every time you heal yourself, you heal the world too. Invite your friends who might be on their own journeys to listen because every change inside is a change outside and we're actively creating the world that we want to live in as we do this work. Until next time, have an amazing week, take care of yourselves, and I can't wait to talk again soon. Bye.